Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, where it's my job to introduce you to people from the world of commercial property. We're talking with investors and thought leaders about their experiences of the commercial property world and sharing our own lessons from the last 20 years to give you practical know-how so that you can follow in their footsteps. If you've ever thought commercial could be your next step, but it just seems too confusing and opaque, then you've come to the right place. There are so many exciting opportunities in this dynamic sector, and I'm looking forward to pulling back the curtain and sharing them with you. Welcome to the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, and I'm your host, Jerry Alexander. This show is all about commercial property investing for the private investor. Whether you're just getting started or scaling up your portfolio, through interviews, tips and lessons learned along the way, we want to give you the inspiration, knowledge and confidence to enjoy this great cash flowing strategy. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Commercial Property Investor podcast. First of all, a big thank you to so many of you who've been promoting the podcast to others. I've seen you mentioning on social media and you've been getting in touch directly with myself. I appreciate all of the great feedback. If you're enjoying these episodes and you haven't already left some feedback on iTunes or a review somewhere, please take a moment or two when you can to do just that. It makes it all feel very worthwhile and it's not just for me though. It might be my voice, but there are a few members of the team who are doing a fantastic job of delivering my chat in a manageable and understandable format. I want to make a special mention to Blair, who's been with me right from the start. He has processed and therefore listened to all 128 episodes so far. There's a medal on its way, Blair. But he's moving on to Pastures New. I promise not to get emotional, but Blair, thank you so much for all of your efforts over the last two and a half years, or two and a bit years, and all the very best for your new adventure. So, it's important to mix it up on here, with a mixture of focused content and some inspiration, and of course, different perspectives. We need more guest shows, and there are a few that are lined up and going to be coming through the airways very soon. But there's also those episodes where we get a bit more focused in on a particular area. A deep dive, as some people would say. And the content can be a bit dry, but that's the point about niche podcasts, isn't it? We try to share some inspiration, but also some very specific content you can use now. And today's going to be one of those deep dive episodes. Back on episode 18, I talked about the key differences between a lease and a license to occupy. For those of you who are getting started in commercial, which format should you use? And most people in the industry talk about leases, but there are licenses to occupy which is a different form of contract. I'm not going to repeat that episode, but if you haven't heard it and this topic is of interest to you, then check it out. Episode 18. Now, we have both leases and licenses in some of our buildings, but our preference is for the license. And it's definitely the preferred option for flex space operators. Most of our stock, as I say, is licensed. And here's a reminder of some of the benefits. Reviews, and this is really pertinent right now, are regular. It means you can keep up with market conditions and things like inflation. And it's not always inflation that increases prices. It's also just the market competition, what's happening locally and what's changing in your offer. Another thing is, this is a license. It's not a landlord-tenant agreement, which can be really important. And it doesn't determine a very specific space. Yes, it talks about a designated space, which I'll come on to a little bit later on, for the occupant. 
but it's not a very specific space that the lease or a lease would agree and say that that is theirs until the end of the lease. In the licence, it's slightly different. It's attractive to clients, of course. Licences provide flexibility, not just to the landlord or the um, operator, but also to the client. And that all-inclusive bill is particularly attractive right now because utility prices, of course, at the moment are really unpredictable. And it's allowing customers to lock in a price for a certain period of time. And the attractiveness means there is a premium, of course, for us as operators over and above what you would get in an assumed lease rental, i.e. the lease rent might be £10 a square foot or £20 a square foot, but actually, if you're doing it under a licence to occupy, you might get £20, £25, £30 a square foot because you're including all these other elements and you're making a premium offer. And of course, as the operator, you create the value and then you keep the difference. That's basically how the model works. But I want to go more into the specifics of a license agreement for flexible space. I'm not a lawyer, so this won't be a belt and braces approach, (laughs) but rather the key items as I see them. Certainly the things that we've been taught over the years. And our license agreement has been evolving for over 18 years and clients are always teaching us new things, which means we tweak and improve the document all of the time. So some of the key things I want to see in there I'm just going to come on to. So the operator and client are being referred to as a licensor and a licensee. There's no mention of landlord and tenant in there at all. The designated space is the initial space that you put down, you agree they're going to take occupancy of. The initial license period and, of course, the notice period thereafter, these are two things that are really important. For us, we choose our initial license period usually 12 months, but sometimes that might be slightly more, sometimes might be a little bit less. And our notice period generally is three-month notice period. And that's how we operate. But you can decide whatever you want to do for that. And then, of course, there's some other fundamentals and those key elements at the start of this document. Deposit, how much is it? The date of entry. And, of course, the monthly licence fee. And, of course, is it subject to VAT? Now, let's get more into the nitty-gritty, though, because that's really just the front-end stuff. This is really more the small print, if you will. And everything in there is important, otherwise it wouldn't be in there. But some of these items I'm highlighting, I think, are really critical. If you're going to draw up your own licence which I'm not suggesting you should, then I would highly, really recommend that you use some professional legal advice to do that. But some of these clauses that I'm going to talk about now, or at least these items I'm going to talk about now, have been taught to us or learnt the hard way by going through this process many times with hundreds and hundreds of clients. Now, I'm going to divide it up a little bit. I've got our rights and obligations, so some of the things that we're, you know, we're obliged to do, the licensee obligations, of course, a little bit about license fee and payments, termination, i.e., you know, if you need to ask somebody to leave, what are some of the implications there and some of the things we've been taught about that over the years, and then a couple of ancillary bits and pieces. So let's jump straight in. Our rights and kind of our obligations to our clients. There's lots of clauses, of course, but these are the ones I've picked out that I think would be worth talking about. So we permit the licensee to occupy the space, the designated space, for use as um, workspace for 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. That is our choice. You might not do that in your building. That's our choice. We provide heating, lighting, water, electric, 
cleaning of communal areas, repair and maintenance of communal areas, and that is all under our obligations. Now, you might not want to do that. You might want to keep water or lighting or heating electric out of that, but if you're running a CMO or any kind of multi-let building, you will need to cover that in the communal areas anyway. It's whether you do it inside their spaces, their designated spaces as well. And the licensor may, at its discretion, change the designated space from that specified to an alternative room, area, office or otherwise, providing that such alternative can fulfil the same material function for the licensee as the original designated space. I'm going to try and not read all the legal speak in here and make it much more simple, but that one I thought was important to read out. This is where the difference is between the lease and the license. Here, we're selling space as a service. We're not renting out a unit under a lease. And by selling that space as a service, one of the things that helps differentiate it from leased is that the designated space could be changed. You are able to change under the license agreement, if you have this clause in there, of course, and you would need to have a certain amount of notice period. And also, as the clause says, the space that is provided as an alternative needs to fulfil the same function as the original space, but it doesn't have to be the same space. I think that's really important, that one. Licensee obligations. Right. So this is more on the client. And there, there are quite a few obvious clauses in there, of course, you can understand. But here's some of the standout ones for me. One of them might be that they are liable for business rates. That's uh, and something that we do. You may decide you're going to include that. We don't. That's something that is one of the very few things that's an obligation of a licensee. The payment terms is 14 days. They need to comply with house rules. Now, that one went in there as a bit of a catch-all because we have some house rules in parts of our spaces about how to treat and respect other people in the building. And without putting them all in the agreement, that little catch-all phrase there allows us to cover that. It also has under their licensee obligations, they need to permit access to their space with reasonable notice unless it's under an emergency. Under a lease, it's a bit more tricky to get in and see space. Now, obviously, if you're on um, good terms with a client and you're having conversations with them and there's good communication, then it shouldn't be a problem. But under the licence, we have a clause there that allows us to get access, if we need to, within a, with a reasonable notice period or under some kind of emergency situation. It might be water, it might be electric, something that's, that's an issue that we need to get in and deal with straight away. And it just keeps it nice and clean. It's there in the licence. It's mentioned that that's a possibility. They need to behave in a professional manner and not create excessive noise or disturbance. This is one that's come from experience where some customers are perhaps not quite so professional and they're not quite aware of their surroundings and the other people in the building. And if you're doing a CMO with lots of different types of businesses doing different types of activities, you just need to be cognizant of the fact that sometimes there may be a clash. So we've popped that clause in there now because it helps us deal with that should it become an issue. Another obligation I just want to point out is they shall not install any telecommunication devices without written consent. Now, it's not really specifically, you know, you're not able to put in a phone or a handset. What we found over the years is if the client brings in another service provider for their telecoms, 
which I would prefer they don't, but I'm not. it's not a deal breaker. But if they do, what happens is the third party service provider comes in and starts drilling holes through anywhere and anything and laying cables or putting cables through. I mean, it's just a mess. They have, seem to have no obligation to think about the, the building the facilities, making that new connection clean and tidy and sensible through a sensible route so it's not exposed and it's not damaging the infrastructure. That's why that clause is in there, because several times I've been into a building and I've found an engineer wandering around the building starting to lay cable. What are you doing here? (laughs) And it's just a clause to try and catch that. So let's just jump on to licence fee and payments. The licence fee is a really important one. The licence fee may be reviewed by the licensor, that's us or you, the operator, on or after the expiry of the initial licence period. So if you've done 12 months or 6 months, now you're able to review. The licensor, that's us, may increase the licence fee to an equal amount to the passing licence fee with an applied inflationary increase or if greater, the applicable market rate for the services being provided, where an inflationary increase is to be applied, the licence fee will be increased by no more than the percentage movement of the retail price index. That's what we've got in ours. We used to have Bank of England. You can use whatever you want to do over the previous 12 months. The licensor will give the licensee written notification of the revised licence fee. So what does all that mean? Basically, once the initial licence period is over, we can now subject to this clause, review the licence, give the customer notice of what that review is, and then proceed on a newer rate. So at the moment, clearly inflation is quite high. In the past, we might have had an inflationary increase that was only maybe 2%. For a customer that had been with us for a long time, they were at market rate, we would just increase by whatever inflation was. Well, now that number's got quite significantly more, hasn't it? And you have to be aware of what the market rate is out there too, because that can change subtly without you really noticing unless you're keeping a keen eye on what the competition are doing. So that clause, that whole part there is really important. The licence fee may be reviewed at the end of the initial licence period to apply an inflationary increase, an applicable market rate, and that is something that's written in to the licence fee and payments section. Right, let's just jump on to another one. I think this one's really critical. Where the licence fee remains unpaid 14 days after the due date, you can pick whatever time frame you want, the licensor may restrict or prevent the licensee access to the designated space until such overdue sums are paid in full. Really important clause. So what you're basically saying in this one is if the licence fee is not paid by a certain due date, then we may take action and restrict access until that overdue sum is paid. Now, if you're keeping really clever, close eye on your debtors and you're really keeping an eye on your customers' habits in terms of payments, then, you know, you should be able to keep on top of all this stuff. But some of these clauses just need to be there in case. And when you're starting out, you pretty much know the 10 or 20 people that are in your building. But when you've got 100 200 customers, it becomes more difficult to have those real close connections. And it's important to have systems there to keep an eye on what's going on. And the bigger you get, this is what we're finding, the more, unfortunately, the more structured your processes have to be to deal with the minority who don't necessarily play by the rule book. That's another podcast, right? <laughs> Termination. Different section. This is about finishing a license early. 
So the licensor may serve notice to terminate the license agreement immediately if the licensee is in breach of the provisions of the license agreement. I'm going to read this one verbatim, right? And fails to remedy the situation within three business days of being notified in writing. If any sums due by the licensee to the licensor under the license agreement blah, 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 are overdue for a period of more than 30 days, this is you, you can then terminate, and the licensee vacates the designated space. Oh, I'm going to come on to that one in a second, right? So the first one there. Basically, it's just saying if the customer is not paying over a certain period of time and you've given them notice, then you can effectively terminate the license. Flexible. Quick. It needs to be quick. And if you're taking the right amount of deposit and you've got your um, systems in place, then you shouldn't ever really be out of pocket. So I'm just going to jump on this other one here. The licensee, if they vacate the designated space, I'm removing the legal speak here, and does not respond to at least three attempts to contacting them using their last known contact details, and this is over a 14-day period or whatever as you want, then you can terminate the license. And this is really important because actually what we found was occasionally customers would disappear overnight. Again, the vast majority of our customers don't. They're great. But occasionally we'll have somebody who, for some reason or another, disappears overnight. And then the question, or they just disappear. They don't answer phone calls, emails. They never appear in their space again. You're like, well, what do I do with their stuff? How do I get in there? What, what do I do? So we've got a clause in here now because that's happened to us, that says, right, if we try three times to get in touch with you over a 14-day period through your last known contact details, then we will serve termination on the licence, access your space, and what we tend to do is we'll store it for a bit, and if they don't appear, well, eventually we will sell it. We've got a clause in there now about selling it to cover the costs of the unpaid licence fee. You need to get full legal advice on that one, by the way. I'm not really going to cover that specifically in this, but there is a mechanism you can put in there for that. So a couple of other ancillary things. Building insurance is up to us. That's something that we take on. But the actual contents is the customer. And it's important that that is separated out there in the license agreement. Should anything happen, it's there. And another aspect, should anything happen, thankfully, touch wood, so far it hasn't, but... We have a, a liability element that there says our liability is limited to license fee only and not any consequential loss. So if, for instance, something major happens to the building or internet provision or something that makes it really difficult for a customer to work in that space, we limit our liability to just the license fee. Because at the end of the day, what we're providing is a space under a license fee. We're not providing business or turnover or turnover guarantees or anything like that. We just provide space. So we've put that clause in there. Liability is limited to license fee only and not any consequential loss. Phew, right. I think that's enough. <laughs> and if you're still with me, then bravo. <laughs> if you are of a legal disposition, I'm sorry for all that I've left out. But this is only a podcast and I want to share some of the clauses that have become important to us over the years. Again, if you are at the starting stages, though, you will need legal advice, not just a random podcast episode, even if it is this one. <laughs> but for those of you who are keen to progress with FlexSpace, then it's important to point out our latest license agreement, which is always, I don't know what iteration we're on now, but it's always changing, 
is available to those who run our mastermind program or advanced commercial peer-to-peer group. It's cost us literally thousands of pounds over the years, it's constantly being updated and it's freely available as part of our online library for students. If you're interested in knowing more about how we can help, then take a look at our website, the usual W's, commercialpropertyinvestor.co.uk. That'll be in the show notes too. And send us a message. We're always happy to discuss things if we can help. And if we can't, we'll point you in the right direction. So I hope that's helped. As I said, it's a bit more of a deep dive on licences. Very shortly, we're going to have some more professionals on this show talking about different elements of EPC and valuations and all those sorts of lovely things. But until then, have a great week in the commercial swim, folks, and we'll catch up again with you very, very soon. there i hope you're enjoying the content delivered on the cpi podcast even though it's free to listen to it actually takes quite a bit of time and financial commitment to deliver each and every episode did you know that by leaving a positive written review you yes you will have a direct impact on the visibility of the podcast and that's really important because by reaching a wider audience it helps our team to continually improve the overall content that we deliver to you week after week For some of you, leaving a review will be second nature, but for others, it might be your first one. Open your podcast app, pick the CPI podcast and search for previous reviews. And on iTunes in particular, click to look at all of the reviews and then you'll see an option to leave a written review. Go on, it'll only take two minutes and it'll really make our day. And we genuinely read every single one of them.